Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they can actually climb up there. You got to kid me! No, don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling with the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Atlanta's SportsX. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to 680 of the, I'm sorry, Atlanta Sports X. Hit the finishing move while we're starting off on the wrong foot tonight already. This is going to be a long night. This is Atlanta Sports X in the finishing move. I am Road Dog Adam Gillespie. I'm with my tag team partner. The original OGs are in the house tonight because Chris Colwell is out, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. Thank you, Hoyt. For Hello, Brian me. Hoyt. Will that end up in the audio fun bag? <laughs> um, I am here. Road Dog, Adam Gillespie, Big John Radcliffe. Chris Present. Colwell is out tonight. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit about why he's out in just a moment. But I wanted to go ahead uh, and kind of get to this story. It's unfortunate. It's sad. Uh, and when I'm looking at the show sheet that I created earlier today and spent a lot of time. I didn't get one. <laughs> I don't have a copy of, of said so. It's been a lot of time seat. doing. You look down the uh, show sheet and you wonder where you fit in a story like this. And there's not really a lot of great spots uh, to fit in a story like this. You know, when Chuck and Chernoff ends, they come to the higher caliber show of the finishing move and join in. And join so there's us. Carlos Medina. <laughs> There's not a really a good spot to kind of fit this in, so we're just kind of kind of band-aid it and rip it, uh, rip the band-aid off and, and kind of talk about it and get it over it, um, get through it. Uh, it's sad. It's a story that's not only dominated the world of wrestling this week, but it's also been in the, you know, around the world. Um, the, sh- the sad story of the uh, untimely death of a former WWE wrestler, uh, and you know you knew him from uh, Crime Time, the tag team partner, uh, the tag team. Uh, when was that, John? Right, the middle, the mid two thousands. Yeah, mid mid to, to late two thousands. Yeah, mid to late two thousands. Uh, if I remember, you'd have probably went in two thousand seven. I think so. Uh, Shad Gaspar, Shad Gaspar, Gaspar yes. uh, passed away. He drowned uh, in the Pacific Ocean out there on the coast of California. If you hadn't really heard the story, I'll try to recap it as as best I can. Uh, he was swimming with his son. It was like I believe the first or second day, first that, day that they had opened the yeah, beaches. Yeah, the first out in day Venice that Beach. the beaches had uh, reopened. He was out there with his son. Uh, the rip current, uh, rip tide uh, got him and his son. The lifeguard got out to them. Uh, his the lifeguard, from what I understand, his plans were to bring both of them back once he got out there and realized the size of Shad. He realized he could not do that. Both of them, at least. So Shad said, please take my son uh, and come back for me. So basically, he he ended up sacrificing his life for his 10-year-old son. Uh, By the time the lifeguard got to the shore and was going to head back for Shad, he saw him basically get pulled under, and they never saw him again until a couple days later when his body was discovered on the beach. Uh, It's something... It's just a sad story. It's 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 very sad, but it also has that hint of love and heroism, in my opinion, that you see when you hear that he said, no, please take my son. I think it's anything, any parent, 
would do. I know I would do that for my daughter. I'm sure you would do that for your son in the same situation uh, without hesitation. But still, I mean, he was put in that situation. Yeah, um, it was a uh, – I'm sorry. Go No, please go ahead. Yeah, it was definitely um, a gut-riching story to hear. And, I mean, obviously, you know, in a scenario like this, no one enjoys dealing or talking about uh, death what's, whatsoever. But a guy who was uh, 39 years old, uh, basically in the second phase of his career uh, – I don't want to say the second phase of his life – uh, where he had retired from, uh, or he was still pro wrestling on the indie circuit, but he was acting. He had been in multiple movies, uh, written comic books. And for something so tragic to happen like this uh, on a Sunday where literally all he was doing was spending time with his son. And he, his family, his wife was on the beach. Uh, I don't they, believe he has any other children. No, the, they were just a family outing. It yeah. was literally just a family outing for those who live in coastal cities, coastal towns for no different than where we get up and come to the battery. A or routine day for them. That was it, a regular day. And uh, they go under the beach, you know, a thousand times, living in Venice Beach, California, like every other citizen out there normally does. Um, it, it's kind of heartbreaking as Chad is someone that I've known personally for uh, over 20 years. He and I attended high school together. I remember him when he played high school basketball, college basketball at, George, at what was Georgia Perimeter College, him fighting. Uh, and the different fighting styles he was he was prof proficient in. Um, and, you know, you made mention of it. You know, here you're talking about a guy that stands six foot seven, six foot six. Let's call it 270 pounds of solid muscle that, you know, even I've seen articles and seen statements that said basically the guy whose shoulders look like they are just to the width of a uh, computer desk to try and get them both. It, it was extremely challenging. And, you know, definitely it is one of those moments that uh, classmates of mine and myself definitely keeping him and his wife and his son in, in their prayers. Because we even, you know, a moment like this, you, you hang on to those moments of uh, you held on to those moments of miracles that you would just find out that, heck, maybe he swam to Hawaii. Maybe a boat picked him up. Just anything. And, and a guy who every memory that I have of Shad it, it was high energy, and I mean that in a manner of a guy who was just always laughing and and not just by his size, just larger than life, just a genuine guy, just a warm guy. I can even say the last time I saw him, you know, he grabbed me, hugged me, and literally picked me up. That was the first and last time as a grown man that anyone had picked me up off the ground. But he had done that, and he that was just who he was and i'm not reiterating something that i've heard or something that i've seen this was someone that i know that I, uh to just have to get on social media on ultimately i found out about it monday morning and that's when messages started coming into me that uh the events that had taken place when people were just looking for him it was just heartbreaking and you're right for him to you know that heroic act of take my son that being the last statement that you hear from him, it is definitely something that you you continue to just think to yourself, I want to be a father who is just like that, that type of hero to my son, because that is just an amazing thing, but still just a heart-wrenching story. Definitely is. It's, uh, it's just, uh, I, I don't know what to say other than, you know, it's just one of those things. Like you said, it was just a routine day for them. Uh, they went out for a day of enjoyment and um the day definitely did not end in that way for them so our, our thoughts and prayers uh, go out to their family 
his family, um, definitely to that 10-year-old boy who um, is going to have to overcome this uh, during his lifetime. And, uh, and But thank God now, and I guess I'm always trying to find the glass half full. Thank God his son is okay. Definitely. As far as we know, physically, obviously, um, it is definitely something gut-wrenching that his son will have to deal with. And also, uh, not only to his wife as well, but also to his tag team partner, uh, JTG. Um, they were still close friends. They were still going around the indie circuit, still doing wrestling. And, you know, he touched many of superstars from uh, Dave Batista to Kevin Nash, even shared heartfelt stories. And even if you remember, um, to try and, I guess, brighten it up a little bit more, when Kofi Kingston won the uh, WWE World Championship, Shad shared a video that uh, MVP later shared where they were watching it at a restaurant or somewhere, and they just had this touching moment of where their friend had just won the world title and they both became overcome with emotion and started to cry a little bit about it. it. It was definitely one of those moments that, you know, you look at something like that and you, you can't help but the, you think of his kids, you think of his wife, but you also think of these people that we uh, were fans of. Kofi Kingston, Big E, Xavier Woods, The New Day, uh, MVP, uh, John Morrison. These are all people that he was friends with that you just, your heart goes out to all of them. Uh, one thing I do love about the wrestling community is that when uh, something tragic like this uh, happens to wrestlers or uh, there's a wrestler in need, the wrestling community will come together and, and support them. We've seen uh, GoFundMes go uh, put give Jake Roberts surgery. Uh, we've seen um, other wrestlers ask for help. Uh, with some surgery that they needed, and and the wrestling community has come together and got more than enough money uh, for those guys to get these uh, surgery. And there's an opportunity, from what I'm understanding, I always suggest to uh, double-check and triple-check these things, but this looks legit. Uh, I believe I saw it on Twitter first. I know, I believe uh, you retweeted it, John, but there's a T-shirt out there, uh, the wrestling brand Collar and Elbow, um, you can go to and you can buy this T-shirt. It's kind of in memory of 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 Shad, and the t- the company is saying at least that one hundred percent of the proceeds from these T-shirts go directly to his family. Um, and if you can't afford the T-shirt, which is priced at twenty four ninety nine, uh, you can also just donate to any denomination to the family, and they have a PayPal. And if you go to their website, it's all set up there. Uh, you can look at it. Um, it's collarandelbow.com. I'm sorry, collarandelbowbrand.com. And the T-shirt says uh, Brooklyn's own beast, uh, Shad Gaspar, heavyweight hero. Um, and you can get that T-shirt and support his family, who has probably have uh, a lot of financial questions now uh, for that they're going to have to start answering. Um, and I know, like I said, that the wrestling community is always great at gathering together, supporting um, the stars that we that have entertained us for so long, uh, and so giving them a little support back in these type of instances. Yeah, because you, I mean, you know, you you always think about it, and one of the things I guess you you don't think about a lot um, in terms of pro wrestlers, these guys are independent contractors, so there is no company life insurance policy or whatever the case may be. And I don't want to discuss his finances because I don't know his finances, but what I know is that you know uh, I, I retweeted it out. And what they did, they took a shirt that originally they had made. Is uh, Shad was uh, originally from Brooklyn, New York. He's a Brooklyn boy, 
And it was originally they made the design for Mike Tyson where they took Mike Tyson's name off and they put Shad's name on there in, in return of it. And they did reach out to me. They did retweet me and they reached out to me. Um, and it was a company that uh, evidently Shad had a very close relationship with and that they were fans of his. He was fans of theirs. There was a very personal relationship that was there. Um, and outside of even donations, you know, just even a step further, just powerful thoughts, well wishes, prayers, always go a long way as well. If you can't donate, that goes just as far. Definitely. Um, rest in peace, Shad. Thoughts and prayers to your uh, family and loved ones through this time uh, and moving forward. Uh, like we said, it's never easy really to talk, have these discussions when we have to. And unfortunately, uh, a young man at the age of 39 was taken unexpectedly from us and we had to have this conversation from the world of wrestling. So to kind of counterbalance that real quick, I want to uh, ask you, and I'm going to also do it, and, and if Chris had been here, we would have asked him too, but he bailed on us. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. But what something? give me something good that happened to you this week, something that we can be thankful for and happy about, uh, and get back in some happy thoughts. <laughs> Great perspective to put it. Uh, one of the things that's been good and that I've been happy about, uh, this was my son's first week off from school, from summer vacation. So school is out. And are those happy thoughts for you or for him? They're happy thoughts for me, too. I okay. think. Well, because, you know, one of the things that has been on our plates as parents throughout this pandemic and uh, the stay at home policies, we got to do homework. <laughs> so, oh, I yeah, did, you're just you, so you're glad you're out of school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we got to do homework. Yeah. I'm getting home from work at night and I got to try to figure out how to do second grade math and I and as a father you as a parent and I'm pretty sure you can probably relate to this when you're sitting here looking at it you're doing your best not to want to just go hey Alexa <laughs> how do you solve this math problem exactly and so it's been kind of fun that I can come home me and my son we can go throw the ball around we can play a video game we can do different things that isn't necessarily where I got to jump and try to figure out how to do this math problem how to how to do some sort of craft project that has been going on, and, and you're sitting there with this befuddled and perplexed look on your face of, I have no clue what I'm doing here. Especially Somebody. with the new the new way they do math these Man, days. Have, oh goodness! And so I don't know what was wrong with the old way. I've even told my wife. I said, look, if you ever got to go on travel and he has work to do, this kid might fail because uh, I, I have no clue what I'm doing here. I'm I'm sitting <laughs> reading books and googling things, trying to find extra information just to try and say, okay. I don't want to look bad in front of my kid, but I've had moments of son. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing here. I. I. I got no. I got nothing for you, son. Go read a book. <laughs> um. So what I had good happen to me this week is one day we were in Walmart, and I. Every time I go into Walmart, I. Uh, I force my family to go over to the toy section, which is not that hard because I have a nine-year-old. Say, you're forcing a yeah, nine-year-old. So to it's go not to... hard to force oh. her, but sometimes when it's just Rachel and I, I have to kind of drag her into that section, and I'm always looking to see what the latest wrestling figures are. And I, a, a few weeks back, or a few months back now, uh, I had talked about the, the Masters of the Universe yeah. collection that they have. I had gotten seven of the eight. Uh, and I finally found the eighth, Rey Mysterio's character, and I was able to get that and complete the uh, nice. collection. So it's not as profound as something you, <laughs> that's what you brought up, but it definitely made me happy at the time. And I've got them now all eight displayed in my room, uh, and they're wrestling and fighting each other. Now, what car- what Masters of the Universe was Rey Mysterio? Because I'm assuming, like, John Cena was probably He-Man. No, uh, I th- they gave the Ultimate Warrior 
That's still a good call. The He-Man, uh, good the He-Man call, figure. call on that one. But um, the one with uh, Ray, it, Faker John Cena, and it's that's the thing about these is I said I ne- I do collect these uh, guys. I don't care if you want to make fun of me, whatever, go for no. it. But uh, I, I said I would never own a Roman Reigns, and I would never <laughs> own a John Cena. Uh, and I wasn't big on Ray, so I I I was I wasn't gonna ever uh, blackball him out. Okay, uh, but I bought him anyways. But I got the Roman Reigns and I got the John Cena now. But I'm they're the masters of the universe, and I can't remember what character exactly they kind of mixed Ray in with. But he kind of has like these wings, and he flies supposedly, which is I guess fitting to his character. Okay, Fly- I see it. I pulled it up here. Okay, flying off the top rope. Um, but uh, and I'm looking here and I don't see which one they're saying he particularly is going after. But uh, but yeah, I got him this week and he completed my collection of the eight. I'm actually looking at these. These are actually very cool. Yeah, uh, I think if you grew up in the '80s and you watched and you were big on Masters of the Universe, some of these are cool. I mean, they got a Macho Man one, Ultimate Warrior, Sting. That is very cool. No, that I know you were, had been looking for them. We even talked about it on air here a few uh, once or twice. Yep, where uh, you were, you had been searching around for them, and that's one of the fun parts about it, particularly when you're collecting something like this, because you could always go the easy way. You could probably go on Amazon, and they'll probably have the whole line up there, and you can order them all and get some sort of deal <laughs> with it. But that is the fun part. That is the exciting part when you can go on a search for it, and you find it sitting in the store waiting for you. You almost hear. You know, the music play. Oh, <laughs> I found exactly. it. It's exactly. Here. Well, the people in the uh, aisle next to me heard me squeal like a little girl. <laughs> so so they definitely heard something over on that side of me. Uh, I have one more question. Do you have anything special that happened to you this week that you want to say into this microphone? Loud. Um. Watching movies with my family. That happened to you this week? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, hey, we all have our own kicks. That was my daughter, Madison. She's here with me tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm babysitting, but can if you're the parent, can you? Be, is that considered babysitting? No, it's not. Now, the fact that you have given her candy. <laughs> yeah, and told her she has to sit still and be good for the hour that good we're in here. That. Tell, me that, tell me how this goes. <laughs> I have a child. I know how it goes to give my son, like, ice cream or cookies. And then all of a sudden, all right, son, you got to sit still for a little bit. But daddy, but daddy, but daddy, and daddy, (laughs) buddy, buddy. So exactly. Well, we mix some of the sad with some of the fun, I hope, there. Uh, Now, I've been teasing this the whole segment. I'll tell you why Chris Colwell's not here tonight. If you remember to last week, he was very upset with the fact that when I asked the question, who would be, who do I want to see as the IC title holder at the end of this tournament, I said uh, Angel Garza. And he immediately said, well, he's a raw brand. He can't be the IC title holder. Oh. So then on Friday when they had a raw brand superstar in the tournament, it has ruffled his feathers so badly he is boycotting all wrestling. Oh. Did you know this? I did not know this. Yeah, he is very upset about the fact that they are letting a raw brand superstar take part in this IC title title tournament. I did not know. I didn't know it had bothered them that much. It it does. Wow. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, he's not here tonight, right? And that's how last week ended. Well, I mean. So but if you put the two together, I, I guess it's the it's only good. conclusion I can come up with. Do we have to say allegedly? We're supposed uh, to. We've been mandated to well, say allegedly. I feel allegedly. pretty confident about this. If we don't have all the facts, we have to say allegedly. All right. So allegedly. We don't get in but I feel, I feel pretty confident about this. 
I want to talk about the IC title for a minute. I, You know, back in the day when you thought about the IC title, sometimes I thought that more prestigious, depending on who had it, than even the world title, depending on who had that at the time. Correct. And when, I mean, it's uh, obviously, but it's, hall, hall, I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer after first ballot Hall of Famer that have held this uh, belt. Macho Man Randy Savage, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, Shawn Michaels really started out there when he got his single push eventually. Some Chris some Jericho. of the bigger names never held it, like Stone Cold never held it. Hogan never held it. Uh, I don't think Diesel ever got had the IC belt, you know, Kevin Nash. But there are just so many big names throughout the history of of that belt that held that belt. And it was called – it was um, – I guess inside wrestling or, you know, for, for those that know, it was called the worker's belt, nicknamed that for a while, because if you had that belt, you were known as a great worker uh, in the industry, a la Bret Hart, a la Shawn Michaels. I mean, here, we'll run down the list. Randy Savage, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Honky Tonk Man, Ultimate Warrior, Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect. Uh, oh, Mr. Perfect. I mean, gosh. The Hitman Hart, Shawn Michaels, the British Bulldog, Razor Ramon. Yeah, Diesel actually did have it. He did bro. have it, okay. Yeah, Diesel, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, the list goes on and on. Gold Dust, Ahmed Johnson. Well, actually, well, they couldn't all be great. Actually, Stone Cold did have two runs as the Intercontinental Champion. Well, uh, really? As Stone Cold or as like the ringmaster? Stone and... Cold uh, from August 3rd, 97. And November- that's right. When Owen Hart broke his neck, he won the IC title for that belt. Oh, okay. On the power driver. Uh, the Rock, Triple H, uh, D'Lo Brown, China, who was one, the first woman to win the title, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Wah, Rikishi. I mean, you yeah, talk about a lot of greats. great talent there. Uh, I think it's kind of fallen off as of late, uh, uh, along with some other belts. I mean, we've had this discussion constantly about the tag team belt. Uh, you could argue the U.S. champion uh, right now is not really held in high regard. And a lot of times when we talk about pay-per-views are coming up, there are times, there are pay-per-views where uh, the IC belt is probably not even defended, or if it is, sometimes it's on the pre-show, which in my opinion, anytime you put a belt uh, defense on the pre-show, you're belittling the belt, uh, in my opinion. And maybe other people disagree with that, uh, and that's fine, and, and I would listen to your arguments, but... If you're if you're a belt holder, you should be on the main card. You should be towards the main event, not the guy who is getting the pre-show kicked off before the pay-per-view even starts. When you think of the pre-show, and you're exactly right. When I think of the pre-show, I think of if you know to liken it to boxing, the undercard. Yeah, it's up and it's for up and comers. Yeah, it's it's the the lower card. It's the you know okay here we'll throw a Royal Rumble out there. Here's some up and comers. Let's see how they do. Let's give them a shot. Okay, great. You won. Now we know what you can do. But you're right. When you think of the Intercontinental Championship, it is something that was of prestige. I mean, it was something that was revered. It was something, when you even think of some of the matches, I'll take the combatants out of it, but maybe what they made of the match. I mean, first one that comes to mind is Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, and the uh, ladder match. The ladder match at WrestleMania. Those are matches that were iconic. Those were matches, even at one point in time, if you remember, uh, the Rock and Stone Cold battling for the belt, and it was almost like, you remember who had the world title? 
But those two kind of were the headliners in particular. You knew they were on their way, and they were leaps and bounds above where they were supposed to be. And now where you see that title, and look, you know, this is no disrespect to Sami Zayn. Uh, I think he would have been a great champion. And I think if all things were, I'll go with normal, we weren't in a pandemic and everything that's taking place right now, he would have had some great opportunities to defend it. But where now you look at it and it is one of those things of, this is kind of, uh, I'm underwhelmed with the way that it's being used. And it's not set for the up and coming star. It's almost like the, 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 for lack of a better, I can't even say it's like the TV title from WCW because the TV title in WCW produced some amazing champions where now it's just kind of meandering out there and you're wondering what's going on with it because it needs to return to glory. It needs to return back to a position where it is respected in the ranks of WWE. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's fallen off, uh, no doubt. Uh, you know, it's it used to also be positioned as, or at least in my mind it was, maybe that was just me being naive or just in a younger state of mind, um, but I always considered if you were the IC holder, you were basically the number one contender for the heavyweight championship. And we Correct. even saw that at times where the two would fight. The biggest one that comes to mind is Warrior Hogan. Uh, the two belts were on the line in, in that match. Um, but it it doesn't seem that way now, at least. I don't think Sami Zayn, anybody was considering him the number one contender uh, for the heavyweight title on that brand. No, you know, and, for Braun Strowman, and it, even when Braun had it, um, it just didn't seem like a fit for him, honestly. Uh, and then they got it off of him because I guess they knew that where they were going down the road once plans changed. Um, but it just doesn't seem to pull the prestige and the uh, notoriety. Yeah, I, yeah, for me anymore. No, you're you're exactly right. I mean. When you look at it, when you think about it, what it was, it was it was almost a placeholder of you're on your way. Let me put you through a few more tests before I put you in position to go for the world title. And it's no longer that. I mean, I even think back and I, I know you're not a fan of his. Even when Roman Reigns had it, is Roman Reigns seen as I'm going to use the big fingers quotes, the, the, one of the top dogs of WWE. It's just not that anymore. It's just a scenario of he held a place. They gave it to him. He held it for, uh, what, probably about four or five months, and then it was back on The Miz, and maybe that's it. Maybe it needs to be on someone of more notoriety to bring more of a allure to it again because it just doesn't seem like it carries that allure. And, you know, you even went back, to, and I always felt like like you. The way the rankings went before the before the merger of WWE and WCW, it was, you know, you went for the Intercontinental title, heavyweight title. WCW, you went TV title, U.S. title, world heavyweight champion. And now that just seems like it's so ambiguous now, and it's not even someone who's, I don't want to say being lowered or being pushed. It's no one being prevailed to go to that position anymore. If you look back at, let's say, the last uh, 10 or so title holders, tell me who you see as you know, what we're kind of talking about. When we talk about a worker or prestige, uh, you know, Sami Zayn, he, I think he could be that guy. He just unfortunately wasn't able to, uh, to, to, to injuries yeah, put him out. To, to, to current circumstances, Braun was before him. Uh, Nakamura was before him. I think Nakamura could be a good one if given the right angles and the right push. Uh, Finn Balor, Finn definitely could. 
Um, he's obviously in NXT right now. Bobby Lashley, uh, he seems bigger than the Intercontinental title right, belt to, not... to what it is right now. I mean, the thing holding Bobby Lashley back, and it looks like they're rectifying that, is putting him with MVP, putting him with a mouthpiece, someone that can uh, – a Paul Heyman, a manager. Other than Lana. Uh, correct. I don't think she was getting it done. No, she's not. Uh, I mean, when you go back, like I said, when I look down, I'll start just, you know, I look at a, a Dean Ambrose at his time that was there. Because prior to going back a little bit further than there, it's kind of far and few between. But a Dean Ambrose was someone where it went properly with Ambrose. Kevin Owens, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder just never got the 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 spots that he deserved. Uh, the Miz, I think, is a great I IC think the Miz champion. is a great one. I think he's a perfect I Dolph Ziggler, another one. He's another one that I think is a really good IC champion. Um, I think the title is too – I think Seth is too big for that title now. I think he is now. I agree. I, I don't I, – you can't put Seth back in the in the hunt from that. Obviously, I say Dean Ambrose as he's now gone. So it is one of those things of – even maybe I'm wrong as I think about it in high insight – Maybe if Zack Ryder was still around, he might have been perfect for it. It would have given him, I think he had a big enough following and enough hype that it would. he might have been someone who might have been perfect to go in there for it. Uh, so right now we have this uh, ta- you know, Intercontinental Championship tournament uh, taking place on uh, SmackDown to, to, to crown a new champion. We've seen two of the four matches already happen. Daniel Bryan defeated Drew uh, Gulak. Drew Golick. Elias defeated King Corbin. And I think either one of those guys would be a great intercontinental champion. King Corbin is turning into one of the better heels that I think we have on SmackDown at least. Um, I think him winning the King of the Ring and now this this, I'm the King persona is really fitting him well. Um, I like Elias. I've liked Elias since the beginning, even when he was a heel. I want him to get a sustained push. And I think that this could be a good opportunity for him. The two matches we have coming up, uh, two former Intercontinental Champions, Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, uh, are going to battle. And then two other uh, – has AJ had that belt yet? No, he's, think been so. U- he's been U.S. champ and he's been world champ. So maybe not. So nice maybe team. they're going to give him the, the, the complete triple – Triple crown? The triple crown or is whatever that, it would be considered now. Is that the a- fastest run for a triple crown? AJ Styles and Nakamura are going to compete uh, this Friday as well. Of the, I get what is that six names that we still have in contention? Is there one you would like to see come out on top? AJ Styles. Yeah, I think he's my go-to, but it's like he doesn't need the belt. And I, now he needs it maybe for the history of I've held every belt. And, I think the belt needs him. Yeah, you know, well the belt could use him, but I really think if you put it on, I don't think Daniel Bryan needs it. Jeff is, is uh, Jeff. Uh, what you've given us has been awesome, but you're past your your date. Uh, I don't think you need it, um, and the belt doesn't need you. Sheamus, I like Sheamus. If he can stay healthy and get a sustained push, he could be good with it. Nakamura, we've already had a, a recent run with him, and it wasn't that great, uh, whether that was due to creative, uncreative, whatever we want to uh, call him. Uh, so if you ask me, I really want to like of what we have left, I would like Daniel AJ Styles to get it to add to his resume at some point. But maybe out of this top tournament, uh, I, I would like to see Elias. That'd be a good one. And I think Elias could use a push like that. I think it's something, and I think he would be perfect, i.e., when you think of Elias with it. Uh, and maybe it's strictly in gimmick for me. 
Um, when you think of Elias like that, you think of Elias, and I liken it to uh, Jeff Jarrett, the title belt, and, and carrying it just like that with the with the guitar and the scenarios like that. So it is one of those moments that it would be great to see Elias come up with it. When we return, we're going to go over the top rope, and we're going to look at AEW's Double or Nothing coming up this Saturday on Pay-Per-View. Since we've gone extra long in this segment, we'll go super fast in that segment. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Atlanta Sports X. Tee it up at Edwin Watts Golf Shops with their Memorial Day sale happening May 22nd through the 25th. All Nike golf shoes are 25% off. Score an epic deal on Callaway's Epic Flash Driver, now only $349. Save big with the G400 Driver, now only $249. Remember, the more you buy, the more you save and receive up to 25% off all apparel. Edwin Watts Golf Shops Memorial Day sale happening May 22nd to May 25th. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee, serving golfers since 19. 19- Hey everybody, Buck Blue here to tell you that you deserve the best. So head out to experience life with my friends at Bears Best Atlanta. Here, Jack Nicholas selected some of his best 18 holes from more than 200 courses he designed worldwide. And he put them into one extraordinary round of golf. Bears Best Atlanta has been voted one of the best courses you can play by Golf Week. And there's never been a better time to discover why. We're introducing an exclusive offer just for listeners of 680 The Fan right now. Join us and play Bears Best Incredible Golf Course for only a $68 greens fee. Now that includes the cart fee and range balls. You heard me right, just $68 to play Bears Best. We are open to all and look forward to welcoming you. Visit Bears Best Atlanta com to learn more today. Get out and play the best. Bears Best Atlanta. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling on the X. Welcome back to Atlanta Sports X, The Finishing Move. You're listening to Road Dog Adam Gillespie and John Radcliffe, the original OGs. Chris Colwell will be back Hopefully next week when he gets over the fact that AJ Styles is in the uh, tag team, I mean, in the Intercontinental Championship Tournament. Why'd you have to go and hurt our tag team partner's feelings like that? He's just mad. I didn't put AJ in there. He's just mad. You know, it it is what it is when it comes to some of this stuff. I mean, you really, like, went out and hurt the guy's feelings. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. It's time. No, not yet. Okay. Well, let's talk about AEW's Double or Nothing coming up this Saturday. It's time for that. That's what I was going to say. Okay, perfect. All right. Uh, You know, I'm looking forward to this. I think they've had a great few weeks of momentum building up to this pay-per-view. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get it. I'm going to order it, and uh, I'm going to watch it, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, I know we. It's funny that I say that. I think they've had great momentum, and we really just this past Wednesday saw the return of some key components to one of the biggest, uh, bigger matches, which I assume will be the main. Well, I don't know. I guess the World Heavyweight Championship will probably be their main event, or I don't know. No, it Even might be the TNT Championship because Mike Tyson. I was about to involved. say you got a lot going on there, with this. We're going to talk about that in a moment too. Which one do we think will be the? Um, the main event, but this card is sh- is shaping up to be really good, and and that's proven by the fact that we just named three of the matches that are going to be on there that are definitely main event worthy in our opinion, uh, or at least mine. So no, I agree. So let's talk about those three. The first one, uh, well, let's just go with the world championship, the AEW World Championship. John Moxley versus Brody Lee. 
I think that has great momentum going into it. Uh, particularly right now, John Moxley is the champion. He just doesn't have the title. Physically, is possession of the law, according to Brody Lee. Yeah, you're exactly right. You must have been listening to home team in Hamilton earlier. Um, Always. <laughs> Brody Lee has the title as he's been walking around with, as John Moxley would say, with his property. And I think that has the makings of number one. Can I just go ahead and say it? Two WWE superstars that I think became underappreciated by the WWE. Definitely Brody Lee. I don't think our um, Luke Harper was ever appreciated to I what agree. he could have been in WWE. I think Dean Ambrose was. I think that's why I said became. Yeah. I think he had his point, and I think they felt like they reached a pinnacle with him very quickly, and his stock was declining with WWE, in my opinion. And I think we're going to see just how we already believe it. I think I think I can speak for you know the the team of this show that we agree that Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, he he does a great job with it. But now I think we're going to get to see another level, and particularly with him and Brody Lee. Formerly yeah, Luke I'm looking Harper. forward to this. I'm still not uh, completely sold on the Dark Order uh, being the best gimmick, uh, but he's doing a good job with it. Uh, I guess we saw 10. I, I have this question, though. We saw 10 compete uh, last night against John Moxley, and we were told a couple times during the broadcast that 10 was Brody Lee's main number one guy. Well, what happened to the other two leaders of the Dark Order before uh, Uno, Evil Uno, I believe? Yes. And, and then I don't remember the other What guys. happened to one through nine? Yeah, but there, was, <laughs> there were two other guys that have seemed to disappear, the two that were really pr- – uh, prophesizing the they were in the forefront um yeah prophesizing the coming of Brody lee i just realized you just (laughs) celebrated there i said prophesizing look at their guy and uh but i don't know where those two guys have gone but uh but i have enjoyed Brody lee the dark order is growing on me i like Brody lee uh his gimmick with the dark order will grow on me as well because i like him so much so far the dark order has become too like before they had a mystique about them. It was something about them that you, you and I'm not going to say they were as to a point of the ministry of darkness, but it was the mystique about them where now it seems like they're more corporate. It's too bright and maybe it needs to be. And I'm, I'm not trying to do a play on words with the dark order. I just remember uh, when we went and saw them at uh, State Farm Arena. State Farm Arena, it's not Phillips. State Farm Arena, you know, they were out there like they were recruiting for a cult, and it was just living the gimmick. As you walked in, it was, you know, they put on a show for it. Yeah, and, and you're talking about like in the uh, concession area correct. out there where the people are just gathering, walking, walking to their by. seats. Fans so are going to I didn't seats. get to attend because of the bas- uh, Georgia basketball game, but that was something really cool that you told me, and I thought, wow, that's AEW getting it, it and was taking bas- it to that next level. Basically a guy standing there with a mask, standing on a – on a milk crate, standing on a soapbox. So he is, you know, as you would see in movies, hey, who would like to join the Dark Order? Who will join? And literally reading from a book and doing this whole gimmick right there in front of you, it was just kind of like, this is very cool. Like, the Dark Order seems like a weird cult now. I hope they revert back to that a little bit more, almost to the scenario of, join us. Join us. Him and his suit... Uh, during the promos, I get it. They're trying to take shots at Vince McMahon at times, uh, which is funny for those uh, of us who who get it. Some of them, I'm sure, have gone over my head. But for the ones that I do get, I do find funny. Uh, like I said, I, I've enjoyed Brody Lee. I think he could have been this in the WWE, but the WWE missed the opportunity. So, hey, kudos to AEW for seeing the potential and going with it. 
So I'm looking forward to that match. Another one of the ones I'm looking forward to that I think has been built very well uh, ever since the debut of Jake the Snake Roberts coming out and saying that Lance Archer was going to go for Cody Rhodes. Now we're getting that match finally uh, for the uh, inaugural champion of the TNT Championship. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, Jake, even just this past Wednesday when Jake the Snake Roberts and and Double A were going back and forth at each other, I mean, those are two of the best when it comes to promos, and they were in the ring kind of just going at each other verbally, and it was great. Uh, and that built it up even more for me. And just the whole involvement of, of, of Brandy and her uh, part of this match. And even we got the snake came back a couple weeks what ago. What snake are we up to now? Because <laughs> yeah, Jake's know. been through quite a few snakes in, his, in, yeah, in our lifetime. He has. Uh, but, I mean, even that was great. And Lance Archer is being billed as this unstoppable beast who just mows through Ripping opponent. through people. Yeah, and Cody... Um, is is Cody? And he's the he's machine. Gonna fight, uh, you know, and and give it all he can. But also at the same time, you can't help but to wonder because sometimes it's easy to say, okay, well, Cody will win. This one's Cody's turn because we've been saying that. And you you got to respect the fact that and Double uh, A said it. This is a guy who helped start a business that helped change wrestling on a grand scale. And you always look at it and say, yep, this is Cody's turn. This is the one where he'll win, and he doesn't win. So you, it leaves that. I don't know because he's been in all the inaugural matches of those big matches that they're having, whether it be the AEW championship. Now we're going to the TNT championship. He's been a part of it. You don't know. It is still left out there in the open. Could Lance Archer walk away with it? And and I understand part of it where, you know, if you're Cody Rhodes, you don't want that scenario of people to think, well, we're holding him back and I'm giving my boys all the belts. But. He hasn't had that yet. Even when we saw the Young Bucks, when they went for the tag titles, when they first came out with those, we didn't see the Young Bucks come away with the titles. Yeah, really the only guys of the core group, and they weren't the inaugural, but our current tag team champions, Kenny Omega, who was uh, in the first title match uh, against Jericho. And then um, and the Hangman Page, Hangman Page. Are, our ta- are the tag team champions. Uh, so, it, yeah, I agree with you. They have done a good job of not saying, all right, we're, go- we're the – we're basically the, the we're going to make ourselves all we're the gonna give it to ourselves over and over again. Yes, I, I completely. Uh, so there is also, of course, a Mike Tyson component to this match. He is going to be the presenter of the title. Um, I said this last week, the Mike, Mike Tyson being involved in this does nothing for me at all. No, it, you respect that he's a fan. And now the cool thing about it is if you think back, whenever you think of a uh, WrestleMania, you think that there is always a star component. There's always that star factor. Yeah, whether it be you know Snoop Dogg or Shaq or Pamela Anderson, whoever it might have been when Ronda Rousey before she joined WWE, Rob Gronkowski. If he's that starting point for him of we're going to get Mike Tyson, he's a celebrity factor, he's, he's a portion of it, and then they expand from there that this is something special to us because – you know, keep in mind, they don't do a pay-per-view every month. There's not tons of pay-per-views with AEW. Four year. So if it is this once a year that they're starting with Mike Tyson and it's because they could get him due to the pandemic and ultimately at that point in time, it can grow and it can expand as they find other people and, and travel restrictions and things of that nature change, then I think it's really cool. But just one of those things where I'm tuning in to, to Mike Tyson, no, I'm not there. Well, that was a that was a plan, admittedly now, uh, by the WWE in the early days of WrestleMania and even the other pay-per-views when they only had four as well. 
but definitely for WrestleMania, they said Vince McMahon would seek celebrities. And if you look at that first WrestleMania, Mr. T was in the main Cindy Lauper. Yeah, Cindy Lauper. Uh, Alice Cooper was in the early mm-hmm. ones. I think that might have been three. Uh, but then you had Liberace. You always had a big name singing God Bless America to get the pay-per-view uh, started um, off. Michael we- Buffer, who would come out and do I Can't Do It because he'll literally sue you for it. But <laughs> well, he, that was big with WCW. They would have him on Nitros. And he would come out yeah. and he would do those. So, But it's it's it was the idea if we get somebody from the mainstream media to come join us for a night, the mainstream media will also cover us for a night. Uh, and so that grows the brand, and that's smart. Uh, if that's what happens here with Mike Tyson, I don't see anybody saying I'm going to buy this pay-per-view now because Mike Tyson is going to present the title. I don't think that's happening. But if AEW is going to feel like they're going to get their money because worth out of Mike because of maybe some promotion on mainstream media that they're going to get, you know, kudos. Uh, do you – I mean, Arn kind of, you know, predicted or at least floated it out there that – Mike Tyson has reign to go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants. Do you foresee him getting in an angle kind of a la Stone Cold, although they, of course, never wrestled? But an overhand right that yeah, lays but, out yeah, but Shawn do you, Michaels. Do you see him getting in any type of altercation? I'll put it that way. Uh, yes, but I've, okay. uh, do I do you think, have a prediction on who? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have a prediction of who, but think of it like this. You're Mike Tyson. You're a wrestling fan. Here's your opportunity to be involved with wrestling in some way, shape, form, or fact. It's no different than if we got called to AEW. Hey, we want you guys to, you know, we want you guys to be Mike men for AEW for a night. You'd openly and willing, you said it today on Home Team in Hamilton, hey, take a chair shot. You'd take a chair shot at that moment of, here's my opportunity. Or if someone said, you know what, I'll take a clothesline from you. I'll take a pile driver from you. Let's do it. If you saw Rick, or if you met Rick Flair, I'm trying to think of someone else, but, and if Rick Flair said, let me give you a chop. Would you not take that chop? Exactly. I would. Exactly. It's just that moment of, you know, uh, who was it? Our our former producer, Brandon Joseph. He said. Well, he, I mean, he he was there for like one night. Look, we got to say he's former. We, we still have to. He's my buddy. I love okay. these. I love Brandon, too. He, and he works so hard around here. I'm he glad does. he didn't get stuck with the show permanently. But he was here for one night. Are we calling him the former? Yes. Our, he okay. wa- look, we got to give him a credit for it. If He puts it on his resume. He was on the uh Open for some, for a very long time. Exactly. <laughs> he and he if he puts it on his resume, I'll vouch for him. Our former producer Brandon Joseph, uh, he said he met Shawn Michaels and asked Shawn Michaels, "Can I be super kicked?" Did I mean, he, I didn't know this story. Yes, uh, at the old building, Shawn Michaels was there. I don't know what for, and he asked Shawn Michaels. He said, "Can can you super kick me?" He said, "No, I, I can't." <laughs> and, and, but he's always asked, and it is just one of those things that it's like you know. We, 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 can I get the chop? You know, can, and exactly. so if you're Sean, if you're uh, Mike Tyson, and it's the scenario of I can give Cody Rhodes, I can give MJF an overhand right. I'm gonna do it. I'm, you got to because you got to believe as a fan, he's gonna ask. You got to imagine that would probably be the lead candidate that people would say would get involved in a Mike Tyson storyline, right? MJF, um, maybe. Maybe John Moxley because he's kind of stone coldish, where he's like, "I'm not, I, I don't have follow any rules, and I'm not scared of anybody, and I'll get in your face." Uh, it will be interesting to see if he does get involved with something like that. Who he uh, gets involved with that? I don't expect it to lead to a match, no. but maybe just an overhand, something that's going to be just fun to watch. And even what is, you know, I, I have no guess on who it could be, but 
How do you not do it? The other big match of the night is going to be the stadium stampede match. Now, if you don't know, the Cons who own Tony Khan, who owns and and runs AEW, his father, Shad Khan, owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Daly's Place, uh, where they've been doing the last few weeks of uh, television and where AEW's um, Double or Nothing Saturday Night will originate from, is right next door to, um, I don't know what it's called now, and I should because we go there every year for Georgia, Florida, but I know at one time it was called Alltel Stadium. It's where the Jacksonville Jaguars play and where Georgia, Florida play every year. Um, There's going to be a ring on the 50-yard line of this stadium. You've seen each of the last two weeks the, the show has ended inside this stadium, so that's how close it is. There's going to be a ring set up on the 50-yard line, and it's going to be a stadium stampede match with the elite facing the inner circle. I'm looking forward to this match. It's just going to be kind of funny, I guess, to kind of see a ring on in the 50-yard line of a stadium with, without a WrestleMania-sized crowd around it. T-I-A, T-I-A-A Bank. Yeah, that's what it is now. T-I-A-A Bank. It's where Georgia beats Florida every year. I'll just say that. I'm not arguing that one. You're exactly right. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be the elite uh, and consisting of Kenny Omega, Hangman, the tag team champions, the Young Bucks, and Matt Hardy versus the inner circle who we know of, uh, Jericho, Hager, Guevara, Santito, and Ortiz. So now, wait, I do have a challenge for us. We'll have to find a football field that we can do it on. Because if you watched AEW Dynamite last night, uh, Adam Hangman Page ran 100 yards to deliver a clothesline. <laughs> He so, built up a lot of momentum for that close line. So I want to do that for you and I. Now, I don't think I'll make it the full 100. I think I'm going to stop at like 10 and then have to start back and stop again. So, it'll, but so it just, might take a minute. Yeah, this could take a while. But we might put this on social media because just to watch it, I'm like, what is that? Boy, he's running a 100-yard sprint to deliver. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that coming, was pretty impressive. He was coming out of nowhere for that. And did you see when the Young Bucks kind of appeared I don't know if you could see. You really had to be paying attention, but they were wearing masks. Yes, they had masks. They on. had masks. They on. had surgical masks. Now, those on. things came off pretty quickly. <laughs> and, and and what they were doing was promoting their own stuff, merchandise, because AEW is now selling Young uh, Bucks mask. I think Cody has one with the nightmare Night- design correct. on it, and I, I think Jericho may have one. And a couple others. So they were doing merchandise promotion, basically, by saying, get the mask that you saw the Young Bucks wear. But, I mean, really, were we thinking you were about to wrestle with that on and try to breathe all at the same time? I don't think so. Yeah, no. They, they, (laughs) I think by the time they, they literally jumped out of the stands. And by the time they jumped out of the stands, uh, I can't remember which, which Young Buck it was. It was basically down around his chin. Now, correct me. If I got this, don't if I don't have this right. Now there's a ring on the 50 yard line. The match can take place throughout the whole stadium, throughout the stadium. But the pin does that have to be in the ring? I think it does. Okay, because I was because if not, why do you even have the ring? I think you have to get the pin inside in the, ring. the ring. Okay, okay. Because it there's only going they're not going to be refs everywhere, so yeah. it's going to go have we, to go back to the referee. Okay, that that definitely makes sense. You can't have refs everywhere, uh, I, I guess. Uh, so that definitely does make sense. Of course, there are going to be some other good matches. Uh, I'm a fan of MGF. I think he is the best heel right now in wrestling. Uh, I said King Corbin could be, but I think MGF is. He's going to be taking on Jungle Boy. Uh, the return of Dustin Rhodes uh, kind of taking on Sean Spears. Ten, ten. We've got the um, – yeah, that that that's his old gimmick. Oh, whoops. Ty Dillinger. Uh, we've got AEW, the, world's cha- the women's world champion, uh, Nyla Rose uh, versus Sheeta. In a no DQ, bro, no. Look, we are going no, to have to work on names, bro. <laughs> the casino ladder match. 
Now, this one is interesting to me. It's basically a money in the bank ladder match. It's uh, called the casino ladder match. But what they're going to do a little differently than what WWE does is that competitors enter in, uh, well, Royal Rumble style every two minutes, minutes or every so minutes. And apparently what I, we learned last night was not even all the competitors have to be in the ring or you know in the win. match yet to win. If the first two competitors get up and someone grabs it, the other six or eight don't even you know factor into the match. I don't know if I like that. It's kind of like what happened at the Money in the Bank this past for WWE where – Yes, all the women were involved as they worked they their way up, up there. but only two or three of them were actually in the ring when the match was decided. Now, who do you think also, because we have a mystery, mystery competitor, who do you think it'll be? I don't, is is um, Pac able to get over here? That we had the Pac promo. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if travel restrictions would keep him. Or are they going to go for a big name that maybe was released from, from, WWE. A, from WWE? I've been because it's. But a, is that a waste? Because you're not going to get a pop with no fans. I don't. But we had the debut of Moxley and Hardy with no 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 fans and no pop. And also, it's a great tease. It is because you want to know at this point in time. I want to know because if you think of the situation, just like we said, your 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 regular wrestling fans thinking the same thing. Could it be a Rusev? Could it be a, a Zack Ryder? Could it be a Kurt? You know who could it be? All of a sudden, out of the blue, and of course, I'm not sure if they are. I know they were released, but they so they have to sit out non competes, right? Not all of them. Some I, of them, are some due, of them, some ha- done? yeah. Because okay. remember, some of them that were released, their contracts expired, so there was no more contract in place for them. And I don't, I had to, I have to find the list again. Not everybody, Rusev, he was no longer a non compete. His contract had expired. He was free to go wherever he wanted to go. So there are some of the superstars that flat out they could actually go wherever they wanted to go. We got a break, I've just been told in my ear. So we're going to break. And when the we producer? Reach, Brandon Joseph. <laughs> Brandon producer? Joseph texts me. We, when we return, we're going to go over the top rope quickly and talk about, or go home quickly. We're going to go somewhere. And we're going to do something and talk about wrestling in some form or another. And it's probably going to be about Owen Hart. Here on the Sports X, so not want, on 680. If you want to hear about Owen Hart, make sure you don't change the dial. We'll be right back here on the Finishing Move on Atlanta Sports X. Home team and Hamilton weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon. Don't wake me, I'm dreaming. If it wasn't for the extra you tried to put on the the, the last tune, yeah, the, the extra is what people remember and it makes it unique. Well, I haven't had I've had no coaching. Yeah, I thought that was close. No, well, just uh, just at the end. That's not what he's doing. No, sir. Oh, you're not scared though. You're not scared. I mean, look, you know, you got to try. You got to try. You, you never learn unless you try. Do you have to try anything? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Sports X. Hey, everybody. Buck Blue here to tell you that you deserve the best. So head out to experience life with my friends at Bears Best Atlanta. Here, Jack Nicholas selected some of his best 18 holes for more than 200 courses he designed worldwide. And he put them into one extraordinary round of golf. 
Bears Best Atlanta has been voted one of the best courses you can play by Golf Week, and there's never been a better time to discover why. We're introducing an exclusive offer just for listeners of 680 The Fan right now. Join us and play Bears Best Incredible Golf Course for only a $68 greens fee. Now that includes the cart fee and range balls. You heard me right, just $68 to play Bears Best. We are open to all and look forward to welcoming you. Visit Bears Best Atlanta com to learn more today. Get out and play the best. Bears Best Atlanta. Go home. That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Wow, this I'm going to tell you, this hour goes by too fast for all the stuff we have to talk about. It's amazing we stopped petitioning for our second hour. <laughs> so it's uh, well, maybe we just need to bring the podcast back. Or maybe the we should be grateful. We still have our hour. We did have to take a temporary <laughs> yes, hiatus. We, we need to be back. We're glad that we're back. You're listening to The Finishing Move here on Atlanta Sports X. Uh, I, this past uh, Tuesday, we got the season finale of uh, Dark Side of the Ring Stop. And I don't have a lot of time. And we saw uh, an episode based around the death of Owen Hart. Uh, this was a great episode. I, I brag about this series in general, um, but I believe this was a great episode dealing with kind of like what we had to start this show with, a very dark and sad topic. Um, it A lot of people tuned in for it, um, at least in their world, because it was their highest rated Dark Side of the Ring as to date beating out the Chris Benoit, another very dark topic. I guess we know what people kind of want to watch and see. <laughs> Um, but this episode of uh, around Owen's uh, death, and if you don't remember, he was uh, part of he was doing the gimmick of the blue blazer coming down from the top of the arena in Kansas at a pay per view. Um, the latch broke; he fell, uh, was pronounced dead at the hospital um, shortly after being taken there. Um, you know, WWE decided to continue on with the pay per view. Uh, if you watch this documentary series episode, uh, you saw Jr. talk about the fact that he was told this, basically, hey, Ke- from Kevin Dunn, hey, Jr., we need you to update the fans on Owen. Uh, well, I don't know the update, Kevin. What's the update? Um, he's dead. We're back in 10, 9, 8. And then in like five seconds yeah. later, Jr. had to you know, announce to the world that Owen had passed. Uh, you know, being put in that position, I couldn't imagine how Jr. you know handled that. Um, but of course, we got to even hear from um, Owen's widow and his two uh, children, his son and his daughter. Which I don't, which I know she's written a book, but I don't think she's been widely out there that much since then. Outside of the book, uh, she talked about suing WWE. She talked about she is adamant about the fact she will she will never allow. Um, Owen Hart into the WWE uh, Hall of Fame. She said, hey, look, it's not even a real Hall of Fame. It's just something that the WWE does to make money once a year uh, by holding an event where they induct people into this non-existent hallway of fame. And Uh, even I read an article, she even took a picture where she said he is in a Hall of Fame. Yeah, he is in Hall of Fame uh, up there in Canada. Yes. So so he is in Hall of Fames. He's just not ever going to, up to her, be in the WWE's Hall of Fame. Uh, she, uh, his son, also echo, echoed that sentiment. 
So I, I don't believe we ever are going to see Owen Hart in the Hall of Fame. And, you know. The WWE Hall of Fame. It, it's not always necessarily, sometimes it's not just what you do, but the way you handle situations. And I think that's a part of it. Oh, I definitely think if, so. If this situation was handled different, I think, and when you put it in its totality in the whole picture of obviously the Montreal Screwdrop and a few other things that you start adding into it, I think that's what she's looking at. Look at the way you've treated my family. Well, I I don't know how close she is with the heart this anymore because her and Brett have had a little bit of back and forth via the media uh, since this episode came out. She even mentioned in the episode that when she was uh, suing the WWE in a wrongful death uh, lawsuit, that there were members of the Hart family stealing documents for her side of the lawsuit and handing them over to the WWE so that they could be prepared for those specific, uh, you know, I guess, talking points or or things in their, would from be. their side. Yeah. Now, she does not name who uh, those members of the Hart family were. I, I doubt it was Bret Hart just because, if you remember, this was not too long after he left WWE, Correct. so he wasn't on good terms with WWE. Um, so I don't think it was him particularly. And now I don't know who it would have been. There is, I mean, that Hart family is is so entrenched with WWE when you think of the British Bulldog, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, Stu uh, gone back Natalia so Hart. Italian currently, yeah. yeah. I mean, and Brett even is back on good terms with them. Even if you go back a little more, and he's not family, but he was like them, uh, Brian Pillman. Yeah, Pillman. He, he, well, he trained in, in the Hart dungeon. dungeon. I mean, if you go to that part, you got... Jericho, uh, uh, I think um, T.J. Wilson, Natalia's Benoit, husband, I think might Benoit have been in there. In I mean, there. That, that even goes in even deeper. Um, but so yeah, it's I so mean, many. But it, like I said, it's not so much what you say; it's the way you handle it. And I think if this was handled differently, I think you, we might have a different outcome. Obviously, we've seen you know the way WWE will handle certain situations, and definitely in a scenario like this, even with the story you just told, I haven't watched the episode yet. It is for me to watch this weekend. Um, I will be watching this weekend, but it is one of those things that to to hear just the way they handle scenarios like that, uh, it is definitely, you know, a la true, I'm going to say allegedly, so he doesn't do it. It is allegedly the way Vince is, even when you hear now where the now defunct XFL, where it seems like uh, Vince is trying to do some underhanded means to buy the XFL back, maybe to try and bring on a third rendition of it as he started Alpha Industries, he started another company. Now that that company has declared bankruptcy, he's trying to find a way to buy it again. It's just in true form, Vince McMahon. Yeah, it's a great episode. I I suggest both full seasons, Um, but this was definitely one of the, uh, you know, for us who grew up kind of in the heyday of Owen Hart, uh, I think it uh, it really spoke to me, and I think uh, most wrestling fans out there would, uh, definitely those who watched Owen Hart would enjoy it. It is, uh, it's good, you know, and she she won a lawsuit in the wrongful death. I think she, and she even has been able to say she got $18 million from the WWE, and with that $18 million, she started the Owen Hart Foundation, um, which has, has gone on to kind of, um, continue his legacy at least in their eyes that's how they want his legacy to be uh seen and and the owen hart foundation helps out single mothers who are in financial stress kind of like what happened to martha once owen uh passed so that it sounds like they're doing a great job and have a great cause uh there living on and move um, his name and his legacy 
I, I recommend the whole series, but definitely if you can only watch a few of them, that one, uh, Chris Benoit is a two-parter. That's a great one. The Road Warriors was, a, uh, was amazing. Was a great one from last week. Uh, the one with um, uh, the slap heard around the world from this season. Um, I can't wait to hopefully see what season three brings us. There are so it. many out there. It's definitely one of those ones that you got to be cautious binge-watching this because it is one of those things that it it's just like its name said, the dark side of the ring. There gets to be some really dark and uh, dark things that go- take place in the world of pro wrestling. Yeah, unfortunately. I guess most places have them, uh, but we're, gonna, we're hearing about them here. Uh, you've been listening to The Finishing Move here on Atlanta Sports X. AEW's Double or Nothing this Saturday. We'll talk about it next week with you. Have a great night, everybody. Bye. Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake.